We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Miami Heat podcast. As you can tell, that was their intro that was shortened because Gianni's not producing this show. I have no idea where he is. I think he might be back in Art Basel again. He met Christine Press yesterday for the first time. Um, I know he was like head over heels for her. So I'm glad for him. I'm not sure if she's happy, but needless to say, I'm hosting because uh, I was on schedule for this week and uh, Gianni basically texted me. He's like, hey, can you host on Thursday? I'm like, sure, why not? I can use the extra cash. So that's why I'm here. Siobhan, uh, she's my co-host today. How are you doing today, Siobhan? What's up? Hey, Brian. Hey, people. Great, uh, great production skills thus far. I know. It's my second time hosting using StreamYards. I'm still learning. I mean, I kind of understand how it works. It's just there's like those little clips where it goes over us. Like, I can't really do anything on the spot with that because uh, I literally just put all these clips like 10 minutes before the show. And I realized that's not a full screen uh, video. So that's the best you're going to get from me for right now. <laughs> but we do actually have a pretty exciting show. There's some stuff that I want to talk about. Some salary cap stuff that I want to get into. Kind of good news and bad news that we can get into. Um, in fact, I'll let you start off. Siobhan, do you want to start with the bad news? Or do you want to start off the good news? Uh, let's, you know, spend a lot of, I guess, negativeness happening. We can start with the bad. Let's finish with some good. Let's finish with some good. Okay. So let's start off the bad news. The bad news is obviously, bam, we found out yesterday, uh, close to I think one or two o'clock Eastern time that um, he basically is getting surgery. Uh, he has a torn UCL ligament on his, I think, shooting right hand, his right shooting hand. So he's going to be out. It seems like he's going to be out six, eight weeks. There's not a really a timetable as of yet, because it seems like until he gets his surgery, which is supposed to be this weekend, I believe it's on Saturday is when he's yeah. getting scheduled for surgery is when they'll actually be able to for sure tell um, how long his recovery might be, because who knows, there might be additional things they might have to recover in that same hand. If we recall, I think a couple of years ago in the playoffs, he did hurt that same hand. Or was maybe it wasn't the playoffs, but at some point during the season, he hurt that same hand under the See, rim. I didn't I know if it was the same hand or not. Okay. It, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, regardless, we'll, we'll see by this weekend how long he'll be out. But he said yesterday in the press conference, um, he's expecting six weeks. Um, so if that's the case, that's great. That would put him out to about the middle of January, which would be still before the All-Star break. All-Star right. break usually isn't until close to the first or second week of February. I think right now it's scheduled. All-Star break is actually supposed to end on February 25th. Um, so the, pretty much a good month before the All-Star break ends that he, he can make a return if it's if it's um, six to eight weeks. Yeah. So I let's talk about that. What was your reaction when you first heard about that uh that injury and, and the surgery that's entailed with it? It was kind of two part, you know. Um I'm curious when and they said that the Denver game is when it happened. I wonder if um well I, I wonder and I, I want to assume that there was probably some uh discomfort in it uh you know in the in the few games leading up. Um, they said, you know, it was the first half. And so for him to 
have that happen first half, come back and, you know, give us the second half that, that he gave. Um, I do think that says a lot uh, about his character. I know that I'm someone who um, asks for a lot of uh, um, aggression and assertiveness out of him. And if that is what um, what has been limiting him, what's been what's been troubling is that's why we haven't seen, you know, as as clean of touch around that uh, high paint area, that the little mid range area as we, yeah. you know, gotten a little custom to. If that is why we haven't seen that that form from him as of late. You know, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, he, he, having this thumb injury and uh, tendonitis. Um, you know, so he, he's had a, a couple things going on and in both hemispheres of the body. So, um, you know, the, the thumb thing sucks, um, given the other rash of injuries that the team's Keith still out. Jimmy broke his ass bone, didn't break it, but you know, <laughs> <His ass bone. laughs> it hurts. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it, I think it's his, uh, I think it's pronounced Collins or something like that. His, his yeah, that's it. Yeah. So the only reason I know is because I had to buy a specific um, chair because my chair it doesn't have great padding, so I had to get a specific uh, um, like padding sense. for it. Yeah, I get Jimmy one of those. Yeah, um, Amazon. I hope he's listening. So yeah, you know it's it's not it's not the best of things given the other things that we have happening right now, the stretch of games that we're coming up on, um, and so you know it, it, it sucks. Um, silver lining in that is you know rest up, get his finger right. Um, I hope Butler's butt is fine too. Um, rest up, you know, they'll get his get his hand right, and then that gives him some time. While his hand is recovering, I need him to be like seated somewhere, foot elevated, knee elevated, get some ice, like be doing some other rehab stuff for the knee. So um it's a bit of a, you know, I guess there's a little silver lining in it, but for the grand scheme of the team operationally, it, it kind of sucks. So um, not even just with Bam, also you just mentioned Jimmy with his uh, butt injury, um, yeah. which I think they're they're calling it a tailbone injury uh, or a broken not a broken tailbone, but like <laughs> or tailbone. Yeah. Um, he's already scheduled to be out for this road trip, this back to back series against was it Indiana on Friday? Yep, and they're playing Indiana on Friday and Saturday. They're playing in Milwaukee, so it's yep. two pretty tough games. We already know what happened last time he played in Indiana. That's never an easy game for the Heat. Yeah. So it's going to be a very tough back-to-back. I mean, they already lost, what, four of the last five? Yeah. It's it's not looking bright for the Heat, but at the same yeah. time, like, they're still within a, a home seed right now. It's really early in the season. I mean, this is going to be their toughest stretch this next, really, month. Um, but these next few games, while Jimmy's still out, obviously Mark Heath is still out, too, with his um, whiplash neck injury. And he's now, out, I think, 13 games in a row is what I saw. It's, this is going to be 13 and and I think 14 also once he misses yeah. the follow-up game against Milwaukee because he's also now on the trip. Yeah. So Miami's pretty much down now with, without Jimmy, without Bam, without Markeith, um, Victor. That's four guys that are basically out with injury. And then you, if you don't even count UD, who doesn't play much, um, he plays yeah. maybe once every blue moon. And then KZ, six. And then Yurtseven, maybe he might play. I mean, Casey played the last game because like, they're pretty much counting on one of those two to start playing some minutes. Yeah. That's, that's, you're looking at a short bench. That's, I mean, you already have 14 on the roster. I mean, obviously with Caleb as a two way, it's 15. But yeah, still, you're, but you're down five guys. You got a 10 man rotation that you can pretty much yeah. use right now. That's yeah. pretty short. So yeah, tell me, yeah. how do you feel about the rotation as of right now from what you saw last night? You know, um, like I said, you have a 10 man rotation. Um, Deadman, uh, is not old, but is not young. <laughs> um, PJ older, Kyle older. Um, and so you're, you're about to ask this, this group of guys to put a lot of, um, a lot of mileage on the body. And, you know, there were some things from last night that, um, that regardless of who's on the floor or not, they have to be cleaner about. Um, yeah, we're down pretty bad. Um, but regardless of who's on the floor, like they have to be, um, this is a great comment. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Jimmy Butler to be two T's. Um, you just have to be cleaner. They have to be sharper. Uh, their three point defense has, has really taken a dive over the last, I'll say, I mean, the defense and holes going to take an even stronger dive. 
Yeah, like so it has taken a dive with the guys in there and is going to take an even, like you said, an even sharper dive um, with who we have out. And so, um, you know, I, I like our bench and I like the depth that I think that our bench gives us. But depth is only deep with relation to who you have, you know, up front, who you have starting. And so you're now relying on your bench guys to to be you know, kind of on the vanguard of, of what the team does. And, you know, I, I, I think we're going to see some struggles. Like I said, we have Indy, Milwaukee, the Grizzlies, Milwaukee again, Bulls, Cavs, Sixers. So, like, they have a – and then the Magic, which, I you know, I guess in theory it, it eases up a bit. But they're coming up on, you know, like seven or so games with a, a very truncated lineup and – um I think we're we're going to see some losses, um, and I want they're going to, to kind of be fall. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to fall probably down because obviously, like every C between pretty much one through almost eleven is separated by like three games. Right. So yeah, they're going to take a dive in the standings. Um, but the good um, thing with that is, I guess you know when those guys come back, hopefully things are still that tight and we can kind of climb back up a bit. So. Yeah, they just need a weather to storms. If they can stay above 500 yeah. through a stretch. Even with Bam out, I'm, I think they could. Um, but really, these next these next two games with Jimmy out, if they can split it somehow, they can just pull yeah. out one win. Really, the Milwaukee win is more important to me because obviously they're right below you. So if they win, it's basically them winning. And then they also get an extra game ahead of you because it's, I mean, the whole tiebreakers and stuff right now. Like if they win, basically, I think they probably get the head in tiebreakers just because... Uh, there's a lot of different things, but I think division record, they're probably better or conference record are better than us right now. Okay. So um, that's going to be an important win because that could come down later in the road as we play. I think we play them four times this season. Each of those games that we play against Milwaukee, if they can somehow win that series against them, that could put them ahead of them in the playoffs. Um, yeah, so we have them know. first game. We have them, like I said, Saturday and, and Wednesday. So we're seeing yeah. them a lot, you know, really shortly. So that's going to be um, very interesting to watch. Um, let's see. What, what was the other bad news I think I had? Um, <laughs> actually, there is, there's, there's actually one other piece of bad news. It's kind of not related to the Heat. It's more related to us. I'll get to it later. Um, huh? Let's get into the good news, actually. I think we can get okay. into the good news. So the good news and it's actually, let me pull up this comment because this was what somebody was basically asking because I did, I did tease this. Um, not on here, actually. I haven't teased it on the pod yet. But I did tease it on social media before we went live. So I, I basically said on social media as we were teasing this, uh, we do have some breaking news. So this oh, is the yeah, good news. That? We got some breaking news, guys. It's actually very, very like important breaking news. Um, just, just in general, like NBA-wise, but really Miami Heat-wise too. Um, so this is basically what I want to show, if I can bring it up. Bear with me. This is my like, second time producing. You're fine. They'll be fine. All right. So if you guys recall, we came out with this graphic, right? This whole campaign started in Hangover yes. Time, the mechanic. We all got super excited. Um, we had Denman come on. He did a whole speech, accepted his award for Denman's Garage. You know the rest. So fan of the pods. <laughs> absolutely. Fan of the pod, fan of the show. He follows us. Uh, I mean, even the team's calling in the mechanic. Between Tyler, UD basically anointed him mechanics that it was a what was it, the hardest nickname in the league or something yeah, like that. Hardest nickname, toughest nickname in the league. And he's tagged him, us and, yeah, you know, he's Twitter, tagged us. Instagram. I mean, freaking Denman dressed up as the mechanic for Halloween, which what I have that want? right here actually. This is so cute. <laughs> so needless to say, and and thanks to Miami Heat too, also, because also they've been promoting on their socials as well. Um, this happened. I'm not sure if you guys can see. I'll point right there. If you can you see don't it. know what you're looking at. This is basketball reference. reference. Yes. They put the nicknames for these guys up there. Look at that dude's nickname. I think that's freaking awesome. <laughs> it's caught on. It's spread like wildfire. Just remember where you heard it first. So it's official, guys. He's now officially the mechanic. And if you don't remember, we were actually part of the campaign to also get, I can't zoom in. I, I wish I could, but I can't. This is the best you're going to get. 
If you can't read that, just, just literally go to basketballreference.com, type in Dwayne Deadman on the search bar. You will see it yourself. It's not Photoshop. This is legit. This is live on their site right now if you want to look it up. Basketballreference.com. Um, but yeah, basically, we were part of the same campaign actually to help to get um, the Justice Better <laughs> nickname on there. This was a little bit harder to do, to be honest. Um, it took it? me... basically there is a way to kind of submit a proposal, but they asked for a lot of like proof. So I had to send them, I think we had to obviously send the Tyler screenshot. I had to send the the screenshot that, um, that UD posted on, on IG. Then they also, and I had to send all of the Miami heat, basically social media stuff. And then because of that, they were able to consider it. And that's when they added it today. I think you should have sent them the Deadman's garage intro. His accepting his speeches. You see, I I was going to, but I was like, that might be overkill. No, <laughs> you authenticate it. Make sure that they know it originated from well, you. Regardless, we were able to get it done. Um, yes. So shout out to the basketball reference guys, and shout out to you guys, obviously on the chat, because you guys basically were the reason why this even blew up to begin with. If you guys didn't like the nickname to begin with, I don't think we would have kept going. I think because of you guys, it kind of. Um, you know, took a life of its own on this pod. And then obviously Demon caught it, um, you know, through social because of you guys, because we've been promoting it very hard with the intro and everything. And Mm -hmm. also with the Hottie Awards, it kind of took its own, took it even further from there. So I'm very happy that we were able to get that done. And it's honestly like one of the greatest show moments that we've probably done as, (laughs) as a pod. Like we've done lots of great things from, I mean, we broke news. I mean, considering this is breaking news, we broke news I think like three or four years ago when Juwan Howard left the Heat, we actually were the first to break that news that he was going to Michigan. Yeah. I would put this ahead of that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great, Ben. I'm happy <laughs> that this is this pod has had these successes. It's great. Someone says we need a nickname for Caleb. Um, we don't have a nickname for Caleb. We have a nickname for the other twins. Left twigs. Left twigs and right twigs. We don't have a nickname for these I did twins. That. Remember where you heard that first also. <laughs> Caleb and Gabe together though they're Caleb you know I don't know if that because like, they still been together a lot it's like <laughs> the new Johnson and Johnson the member yeah. Tyler and James that was a good one too um you guys do good content I appreciate it appreciate Thank Mac you. Pro uh any other comments on here? I actually want to see what else is on there someone broke whole control and scroll <laughs> um I probably could have done that you guys are way more tech savvy than me and I'm pretty tech savvy as is but uh, <laughs> I mean, I have no idea if that would work on StreamYard. I'm not trying to break anything right now because I don't have any anybody to help me if I do have any issues. So I'll avoid doing anything like that right now. He's house-sitting. <laughs> Pretty much am. Um, someone else commented, how many weed gummies do we need to buy for Ethan to give us a depot ETA? Honestly, that's a great question. I have no clue. <laughs> I would love to know more about Old Depot. It seems like he's been working out on IG the other day. That um. He's basically just working on the Miami Heat practice court. I think he's a full participant. I don't know if he's actually doing like five on five drills, but right. he's getting some shots up. So that's a good, good start. He's not, um, he's not sidelined from like shooting and he's basically starting to do some drills. So yeah, I want to awesome. see whatever that clip of was of him uh, hoisting shots from half court. I don't want to see much <laughs> of that. <laughs> it's glad to see a basketball. Hey, we could use up. a, we could use another jump shooter on the team right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to get to some Duncan talk. Before sure. we get into some Duncan talk, I want to I want to start off with what was the high of Duncan's season so far. Um, so, let me pull like up. this current season. Yeah, the the, high, the very high of his current season is so far. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. I forgot. I can't play that because there's music <laughs> on it. So. Um, basically that was the high was when he posted that gif. I don't sure how sure I can like take off the music. I don't even know why it's on or anything. I thought it wasn't any music, but okay. So, um, I played five seconds of it because that's the most we can do before we get a copyright strike. Um, G's going to be so happy when he listens back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but basically the high was when he posted his acceptance, uh, his acceptance, his return to Miami. He went on IG and also on Twitter sharing a clip of um, him photoshopped saying he's coming back to Miami, all happy like. Um, <laughs> and I feel like that was the high that we had with Duncan so far this season. Like him coming back, we were super excited for him to come back. We weren't even sure if he was. Obviously, he was a restricted free agent. Miami could have matched any offer, but we weren't even sure how much he was going to take. We all thought he was going to make like 20 or 22, 23 million. We weren't even sure. He didn't even take any other offers. He took the first offer he got with Miami. He signed, and the rest is history. So now he's back on the heat. We've seen so far to what first 22 games that he's basically shooting under 32% from three. Most yeah. of his career, even less than his rookie season, he's shooting yeah. about nine, I think nine and a half attempts or a little less More than 10. Attempts. <laughs> More attempts this season, uh, less efficient. And give or take his defense, I mean, I, I think it might have improved slightly, but not, not much. It's, it's a marginal improvement at best. What's your. F- What's your take on, on Duncan right now, these first 22 games, and, and just overall with the way the, the whole Heat fan base is reacting? I feel like it's kind of unfair to him, but I don't know. At, at a certain point, I can see the frustration with the fan base. So one, I was I said that he was going to command um, more, than, than more than 20. I thought the area that Miami was able to get him at, um, honestly, it felt about right was really happy to have brought him back, um, especially with it not being at the expense of Kyle. Um, And so, you know, I think everyone was, you know, we got Kyle, we got the point guard that um, maybe not some of us, maybe not the one that some of us wanted, you know, we all know G wanted it. Um, That's Jimmy's guy. The Heat seemingly got the point guard that they wanted, were able to retain Duncan. And then, um, for myself personally, I've been having questions about his performance since the preseason. And it was because, you know, we've seen Duncan over the seasons uh, get a lot of his looks and a lot of his shots through action that was um, catered to him. That was like, he was like one. Just, just dribble handoff. Just dribble yeah. handoff. That was his first thing. option, second option at, at worst. I saw in the preseason, though, that they were getting him wide open looks while doing other things. And he was missing like really, really good quality shots. And so, you know, preseason turned into the first few games. And I was like, you know, how do you guys feel? And oh, it's too soon. It's too soon. All right. First five turns into first 15. And now we're at, you know, game 22 or whatever. Um, Yes. Is there time? Is there space? Is there room for him to to bounce back to? Um, regress or you know to get a bit closer to his personal mean sure absolutely 
Um, am I super confident that he will? I personally am not, but that's not me saying that I don't want him to. Um, I, I think that they just kind of have to ride with him. There's not really anything that you can do. Um, he so he 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 lost the streak. He lost his you know consecutive make streak. Um, I know there's a it's lot of people calling. Games. Oh, great number, perfect number to lose that at. Um, nice. I, I know a lot of people have been calling for changes to the starting lineup. Um, Tyler is not the one to do that. Tyler's not the answer there. I mean, there I are changes understand. to the starting lineup because of injuries right now. Well, yeah, but, it's uh, not because of that, but like you know, rotation. Yeah, I understand. They want Duncan on the bench, which. I mean, does it really – he's going to play regardless if he's on the bench or if he's right. starting. I mean, he's going to play the same amount of minutes because they need him. Regardless if he's not shooting, they don't have much on the roster right now with, with Bam Hurt, yes. with obviously Markeith Hurt, Jimmy's out. Like, they need him. Regardless if he's yes. making his shots or not, they need his minutes because they don't have much else on the roster to go to. But yeah, they can play Max more minutes, sure. I mean, yes. I think he they, played most minutes should. that he's played so far this season yesterday, and he had a great game. Max uh, doesn't mean that they can totally like just not play Duncan at all. I mean, sure, maybe if they wanted to switch it up for a game, they could start Max. That'd be a very I, small lineup. It's already small as is. But, I don't know if they can go any smaller. Thing, I mean, you kind of want Duncan out there. With Duncan's body, you think that like the marginal improvements that he's made defensively would be more pronounced. You like he has the build to be a better defender than he is. He just is not. He's a better. He's a fine help side defender, gets picked on a lot, whether it's on the ball or them switching him off and putting him in the post. He's very easily huntable. He makes other guys uh, – like he gets himself a lot of fouls. He gets his teammates a lot of fouls. And so, you know, I don't know how much they'd honestly be losing defensively with the Max for Duncan swap in the lineup. But, you know, the team, of course, is going to ride with him. They don't have a choice until they are able to move him. Um, and then even that, you know – what Christian called it, bad asset management, trying to move off of, you know, asset uh, on oh, his value. It'd be is, terrible. It, yeah. So you have to hope that he um, gets it together. I just, I don't know. He's got like three blocks. You're right. That is That has been his highlight. You're correct. He's taking a couple floaters. Um, he got two layups one game and immediately got a foul and like subbed out. So we'll take those, those three blocks. How long can Max play those minutes? for if he's not used to it? It's a great question. I mean, last time we saw him play heavy minutes was what? Not even the preseason. was Summer League. Seemed to be pretty good, but obviously that's yeah, Summer League competition. It ain't the same as the NBA. Um, it's not. I think I, I think that's pretty unfair to both Max and also Duncan. Um, and even Tyler. Like, if anybody, Tyler's the one that's going to be deserving the most of getting that starting job. Obviously, if, if Jimmy off. comes back... Um, no, I don't want Tyler starting. I don't want Tyler Even starting either because I we, semblance of a core to us. Well, you, yeah, you do want him. He's playing the perfect role right now he as is. a six he man. Really is. Um, I don't think they should tinker with it as much as they can. Um, just because, look, Tyler, as much as he's been great this season, you don't want him to. to all, you've already got basically two guys playing at a high level, which is both Jimmy. And Tyler, I think if, if anybody on this team, those, those are two guys are playing either at or above their their contracts right now. I agree. Bam was playing pretty good to start off the season. He's kind of tatered down, but it really it seems like it's not even him. It's more the injuries than anything else. So this so. rest is actually probably going to help him more than anything else. Yeah, I, we haven't talked about Kyle, um, but Kyle, I feel like he started off pretty okay for the first three or four games he basically pushed the pace we saw what the offense could look like with him and then for some reason that kind of all slowed down i don't know if it's because of jimmy i don't know if it's because of spell um even defensively they they kind of done a lot more switching they since that boston game they kind of went strong on onto the switching um very switch heavy defense and the last person would be Duncan. I mean, obviously, we're all, we were talking about Duncan, his contract. He obviously hasn't um, performed to the level that he was playing. Obviously, he's outperformed the last two seasons on his minimum contract. So right now, he's making about close to 15. I think 15.5 is his current salary. So where I'm getting at is basically, you don't want Tyler 
if you move him out his comfort spot right now and you start him, what's to say that Tyler doesn't start slumping too? Right. Yeah. He's, he's going to be playing, um, like I said, with starters, with um, bigger, kind of more capable, in theory, higher IQ guys. And so yeah. you're right there. What is to say that, that he doesn't um, hit a slump? I think you already Kyle, saw yesterday. You saw yesterday in the Cleveland game. They were doubling him a lot. I mean, they've already been doubling this season, um, yeah. but even more yesterday, they were they were trying to take the ball out of his hands because obviously it's yeah. really him and Kyle. They're like your two main scorers on the team, and Kyle obviously wasn't shooting well again last night. He kind of needed his production. He, he hasn't shown yes. it more than I think in the Dallas game and the Clippers game, where the two games he's basically produced the most on offense. And in, right. in those both those games, they were basically both in the fourth quarter. Yes. You need Kyle <laughs> to start producing in the first half. We haven't yes. seen that from Kyle yet this season. That's got to start coming like now. Well, while, while both Bam and especially with Jimmy out, but with Bam out, they need to reproduce. Uh, they need to basically come up with an extra 19 points a game, 20 points per game out of Kyle. He's so, at, I think he's averaged less than 15 right now still for a season. That's his lowest in his career. I, I can look it up, but um, yeah, it's his lowest for at least the last probably six or eight seasons so you were talking about him having played well you know at the start of the season and yeah he was pushing pace um but even early on he wasn't shooting well and I talked about this a little on on the timeline right they need um someone someone tweeted about oh it's funny how at first it was you know they don't really need Kyle to score that's not what he was brought here for and now it's Kyle you have to give us points well yeah that's what happens right like when things are clicking, when things are going well to start, it's okay if you're only doing, you know, the thing that it is that you you tend to do best. Um, as the season, though, has progressed, as the offense has stagnated a bit, as things has, have bombed, as they have become um, more easily scouted because of the type of offense and the DHOs and all of these things that they run, he has had to read the fact that they – have needed more of a scoring punch from him. He's had yeah. games of 20 and 10, 20 points, 10 assists. He's had games of, I think, like 8 points, 11 assists. So he can it. But you're absolutely right. That, like, late fury in the fourth quarter, that's not going to cut it. It takes far more energy to try it's to – It's not going to cut it when you're down 22 points to start the fourth quarter against the Cavaliers. It takes, it takes far more energy to try to mount a comeback. You're going into the second half down 25. You're going into the fourth down 15 or whatever, and now you have to play at this, like, really frenetic-ass pace. And so, yeah, if he can be steady um, throughout the first three and then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe miss the fourth quarter or whatever – good but they they definitely need um scoring out of him he has to hit his open shots as jack and i were talking about and he also now has to um his open kickouts i mean his open kickouts to three but he also now has to find other ways to get his shots so kyle's stats right now he's averaging 12.3 points per game um 7.6 assist and he's shooting 30.6 so 30 and then 0.6% from, mm-hmm. from three. That's is lowest, there a way to break down his scoring, scoring per quarter? I'm sorry. Um, I might be able to. That I would have to look up on basketball references splits. That's fine. But I just want to go basically just looking at his career because um, he started at the age of 20 uh, at Memphis. So his last season where he's averaged less than 12.3 points per game was back when he was 26 in his first season in Toronto. He, he averaged 11.6 points per game. He shot 36.2% from three that season his first year in Toronto. Hmm. This is his lowest scoring output since then. So we're talking about 10 years of production where he's averaged at least 14, 15 or more points per game. Right now, this is his lowest. Um, that's, that's pretty startling right now. Obviously... He had three scores playing, you know, different parts of the season, the in and out lineup. But right. I, I assume I would assume that Kyle needs to start scoring probably closer to the, that 16 range, probably even more, maybe 17, like he did last season with Toronto. Yeah. For mine to kind of weather for the storm. Them to right even, now. Yeah, for them to even weather the storm. Um, for them to keep themselves um at least neck above water. Yeah, he has to give them more um putting the ball in the basket. 
What's crazy is and there's, and there's his free throw percentage is like the highest. His free throw percentage is the highest he's had so far in his career this season. And, and isn't really getting to the best. He's shooting 90% from the free throw line right now. His highest. He oh, hasn't ever shot attempts? on two, 2.1 attempts, which is not a lot. See, last season, he, he attempted 3.5. The season before, he had six. Uh, yeah. That was his last season as an all-star. He, he, he attempted six. Um, yeah, his three-point percentage is, is pretty god-awful. Uh, it's worse than it's worse than Duncan Robinson for as much shit as we've been giving him. Kyle's been a worse three point shooter on pretty like like three less attempts per game. He's shooting six per game right now. He's making just one point nine. So yeah, that doesn't move my needle. For that's all not I've good. Known, and for all I've heard uh, about Kyle is that he has been you know kind of streaky. Him being near Duncan, yeah, both but of them aren't. But streaky well. like his lowest season before that. I mean, two, three, three years ago, he shot 34, 34.7% on seven yeah. attempts. Uh, before that, let me see. I think his lowest output might have been his first year as an all-star. He shot 33.8% from three. Yeah, so um, he's not even there. He's not even there. Right. And he shot pretty, no, 4.5 times per game. Duncan, something has to give. One of them needs to, is going to have to, help Tyler in these next uh, few games. I'm just looking like his career, like he started off as a bad three point shooter. He was shooting like under 30% for the first six seasons of his career. He shot 30% or worse besides his first season, but he only played 10 games. He didn't play much and he only shot 0.8. But before that, before he basically got to Houston, he was a really bad three point shooter. As he got to Houston, he started to get better. Toronto, that's when he became a really good three-point shooter. And like right now he's playing as bad as he was back when he was with Memphis. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. not good. <laughs> it's not good. So I, yeah. I would assume that it's going to have to go up at some point. Same with Duncan. Um, there was a great um, thread that Cooper Moore had posted the other day. I think it was yesterday. Um, I want to pull that up. Um, but basically his thread was he was going back at some of the, you know, the best three-point shooters in, in so far the last few seasons oh, and how they've had some shooting post- slumps. And one of the examples he shared, he shared a couple of few, but the one I was more interested in was Clay Thompson. I'm not sure if you remember, it was um, the last year he played before he got injured, that year that they made it to the finals. Clay Thompson had a really rough stretch, I think for the first 36 games of the season. I'm pulling up right now. So yeah, I have a pull up. So let's, let's just look. So basically Duncan Robinson, um, has had a bad shooting start for the first 22 games of the season. Um, looking at Clay Thompson, this is what Cooper Moore had tweeted. He says, he was casually looking around the, the game logs of other shooters. Through the first 36 games through December 27 of the 2018-19 NBA season, Clay Thompson shot 33% from three on 7.4 attempts. He finished off the rest of the season by shooting 45.8% the rest of the way. Um, another, he, he had like three examples. Yeah. So, uh, he's done second Clay, example, he's done, yeah, he's done Clay. Um, Ray Allen was a, a good example when he was with Boston through the first 51 games of the 20, uh, 2009 and 2010 season. He shot 33.3% from three on five attempts, and then he ended up shooting 41.2% the rest of the way. What's Duncan's attempts number this season? It's crazy um, high it, from uh, three, it, it's, it's at least nine, probably closer to 10 right now because he shot, he shot a bunch yesterday. Yes. Um, one game so right now, so he's shooting exactly, actually, he's shooting exactly nine attempts right now, which is the most so far in his career. Uh, season right. before he shot 8.5, and the season before that, when he first broke out, was 8.3 attempts. So he's gone up each season. But yeah, his three-point percentage right now is actually 31.8. So he dipped below 32. I thought he was still at 32. He dipped below 32. Yikes. Um, so yeah, you're basically saying both between both Kyle and Duncan. Right. I just told you Kyle was shooting six times per game at close to 30.8%. And then Duncan's now shooting 31.8 at nine attempts. That's 15 three-pointers per game that you're shooting less than 31% average between those two. That's not good. Yeah, that's that's less than five. That's less than five makes of those 15 attempts. And that's your starting backcourt. That's the thing, like, yeah, Tyler's had a great year, and he's shooting a lot of attempts too, and he's basically been the only person that's shooting consistently. 
um, unless you want to count PJ Tucker on his like 0.5 attempts per game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it really is pretty much Tyler Hero is the only guy that's spreading the floor for you. Max's numbers. Max's, Max's numbers gone up a little bit. At both Max and I think Gabe, when I last saw, they were like at 35 or 36 um, percent. I think after last year's game, Max probably went up. So let me look at his. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, that's your starting backcourt. That's a lot to try to account for, especially with Duncan. They run things for him. It's not like they – sometimes Max he's finding up. things in this what – what's his numbers? Max went up. That's actually very interesting because I think I looked at this two days ago and he was at 35. Um, so with this past game he played, he think he shot like eight, eight attempts for three. I think he made like five. So right now on five attempts per game – which is also the most, most for his career. Last season, he attempted 3.8. So he's on five attempts, shooting 38.4% from three. Yeah, I like it. He's going to deserve more minutes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Max's like stock that. has been rising. His, his stock has been rising for me since the end of last season. I, again, people want to say Duncan can do these things, can or cannot, whatever. Max can. Max has shown that he's been able to give you um, a couple more things than Duncan has. And it's just, just like, it's to, okay to say. They just need a guy to make some shots. That's all it comes down to. They don't have many guys right now that are making their shots. I mean, you were you, you actually got some good production from Arkeef. That would be nice if they had him because he's a guy that can give you 10 to 15 a game right now. Um, yeah. That you yep. can't even, like, you can't even put him in the lineup, even off the bench right now to give yeah. you some of that scoring punch. Um, the other guy that I was looking at right now, and, and it's your guy, it's his name is Gabe Vincent, oh, otherwise known as Namdi, Namdi Vincent. He's actually shooting 39% from three right now this season on three attempts. Oh, Gabe's 39%? Hmm. 39%. I'm not going to go into a rant because that's not this show. But so it's, it's crazy is that <laughs> and what I'm basically going through right now is the guys that are not making top dollar in this team. The guys that are pretty much outperforming their contracts while the guys that are making top dollar are the guys that are not. Like even Tyler. Tyler's way outperforming his contracts yes, right is. now. And it's going to come Yet, time to pay him up. It's going to come time to pay up. And so and really, what's outside of, outside of who? Um, PJ's pretty much performing to his contract right now. He's, he's making the mid-level. So I, I yeah. would say PJ's pretty much performing at his exact um, value right now. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else is pretty much a minimum contract. Because beyond him, it's it's it goes from PJ to to Duncan is your basically next um, salary guy, and then above Duncan is your two max guys, and then Kyle's just below the max guys. Right. So th- that's the only way this team is going to come back. Right now, they start the production. Is they need we to get production from Kyle and Duncan. I think Ban's been fine. Ban will be fine when he comes back from his injury, especially if he can heal up that knee. That's really the only thing that I think was limiting him the most. Sure, I, I want to be more aggressive, but for the most part, he was doing what he was called to do on offense. He wasn't your second score. Like he was, it was basically was Jimmy, it was Tyler that were your number one, number two scoring options. And then it was Bam. And Bam was still giving you 20 a night. And then he had Kyle. Kyle basically needs to show that he can be closer to an 18 to 20 point per game score right now. Right now. He's shown it before. He needs to show it again. And he's making $30 million a year, so. Throughout the game. Don't give me two points in the first half and a 18-point fourth quarter. Like, you're not yeah. really helping. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I'm wanting to actually go through some cap stuff. I did tweet this out um, earlier this morning. Uh, 
getting a lot of questions. Um, in fact, even Leif from Five Reasons was asking me, he was like, I- I've been looking everywhere. What is the, the date that Duncan Robinson can get traded and all this stuff? So I was able to find that out um, late last night and I started tweeting it up this morning. So I have it queued up. So this is my Twitter feed. You can follow me at by Brian Goings. So my first tweet I want to go through was, as, um, was this one actually right here before we get to the other one. Um, so the Duncan Robinson trade notes, I wrote this morning that Miami is eligible to trade Duncan Robinson starting January 15, 2022. So next season, not next season, next year, early next year, um, because he re-signed, um, which satisfied a base year compensation criteria, which all base year compensation was, is that he basically made more than 20% of his previous year's salary. That's all base year compensation is. Because he made such a big increase from his previous year's salary, obviously he was on a minimum contract. He's making $15 million a year. Do the math, that's way more than 20%. Um, he's not eligible to be traded until January 15, while the rest of the league can be traded December 15. Um, so a lot of guys, like, I mean, we can point out the guys that they re-signed as free agents. So Gabe, you can uh, throw in Max, um, PJ, Big. all those guys that they signed as free agents this year. And, and other teams, too, that signed as free agents that weren't based on compensation. So they basically didn't get more than a 20% increase on their salary. Their ALS will be traded December 15. Duncan has to wait an extra month because that's what's in the CBA. So I wanted to point that out. Um, what, go ahead, Javon. You were going to say something. Oh, no, I was asking, was, I forget, was, um, was Vic a free agent or was he? Vic was a free agent. He, he signed with Bird Rights. So um, he's still a December 15 candidate. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also my second note on this Duncan thing is since Duncan was not signed and traded, um, those base compensation rules do not apply for trade matching purposes. Um, should, he be, should he be moved once he's eligible? All that basically means is with the same thing with the base compensation rules, which you guys might have um, remembered from the Jimmy Butler sign and trade. Um, it was like a whole thing back then, which was trade, matches, trade matching because Jimmy was also going to make an extra 20% in his his salary because he wanted to make the max. Um, and it's kind of the same thing that happened this past offseason. People were throwing out some trade rumors, sign trades for Duncan, and even Kendrick Nunn was another candidate that um, that almost met base your compensation. So all this is that if they make more than 20%, when you send out that contract, the contract you receive back is basically you can't trade match 100%. So Duncan goes out as a $15 million uh, $15 million per year player to the outgoing team incoming, you can only take back only half his salary in a trade match. So it's very hard because obviously when you trade a match, you have to meet 80%. That's obviously 50%. So in order to make up that extra 30, um, you're going to have to basically either add an extra player, taking an extra player or trade out an extra player to, to a third team. So it becomes um, very complicated when you do pace your compensation trades. That's why it almost never happens in mm-hmm. the NBA. Uh, those sign trades are are pretty much non-existent. So you don't have to, basically all I'm saying is that that doesn't count anymore because he wasn't signed and traded. Um, now that he's a free, he's not a free agent. He's basically a, a re-signed player from Miami Heat. He's good to be traded at any point um, after January 15. Um, straight up, doesn't have to be um, you know, half his salary being trade matched. It's it's 100% of his his salary that's being trade matched now. And then my second note that I want to get into, and we can talk about this. So obviously with all the injuries that Miami's kind of endured to start off this season, we've, a lot of us have been wondering when can Miami sign a 15th player below the luxury tax so that they can, you know, just have an extra body on the team because God knows they can, they can use one right now. Um, so I made the, I did the numbers about last month. Nothing's changed because obviously they haven't, um, made any moves, but as things currently stand, as I tweeted, I said the Miami Heat will be able to sign a 15 player below the luxury tax as soon as, and there's two dates because there's two diff- different scenarios that Miami could add a 15 player. So, the first scenario is on January 5th, any team in the NBA, including teams that are hard capped, they're able to sign 10 day contracts beginning January 5th of 2022. So, that's about almost a month from now. We're on December 2nd as of this recording. So we're talking about a month from now, they could add a 10-day contract and that would still, you know, fall under their salary cap. 
um, under the luxury tax and under the hard cap as well. But we're talking about the luxury tax, the hard cap. I mean, they could sign anybody right now and they'll still be on the hard cap. It's the luxury tax they're trying to avoid because they want to avoid being a repeater tax team in the future. And then my second date is February 25th, 2022. And that's the date that Miami could sign a prorated veteran minimum contract, which also happens to be the first game back after the All-Star break. So February 25th, I think they played the Cavaliers that day. That's the first game they play after the All-Star break. I thought that was very interesting when I um, did the math on that. I don't know if they did that purposely. Probably not. It's just probably a coincidence. I just thought that was interesting that that literally is the first day back from All-Star break that they could sign a guy to 15th man rotation. That could be anybody that they have on a two-way deal, or it could be anybody on the buyout market. Um, it just has to be a prorated veteran minimum contract, which all it means is they're getting paid less than what they would have made had they started off the season on the Heat. For every day that you get paid right now, if you're signing a minimum contract, you're getting paid um, per day of the NBA calendar year. And I can scroll down because I did the math. <clears throat> so in my scenario, there's 174 days in the NBA season. That's the regular season, not counting the playoffs. Playoffs aren't part of your regular contract. Miami has enough to pay somebody 45 out of those 174 days below the luxury tax. So when I did the math, you take out 45 days from the end of the regular season. That brings you to February 25th. And in doing the math on that, that's 23 total games. So each of those games, uh, I think he gets paid like 20-something thousand dollars is what I did the math to. I have... I have it somewhere else. I have, to, I have to actually have the calculator to show you. I did the math on here. It's a big, that's an accountant's calculator. Yeah, it's a big ass calculator. I did the math on there. Yeah, and that's that's what I came paper. up with was February 25th. You want to see it again? Is that what you said? Sure. I, you see it again? I asked if you had received it. Oh, uh, I had really thought that you had the fucking paper in the back. Of it. No, no, I don't. That's, that's awesome. So that's how I did my, my, my analysis. Um, Brian Ellisberg, ladies and Brian gentlemen. Ellisberg. So based on, on, on that, how do you feel about Miami adding a 15 guy either next month or a couple months from now? If things stand as they are, because there is ways where they could theoretically dip even below their current number. If I put out the scenario already on Twitter that they could sign and they could wait, they could not sign stress, wave and stretch Casey Ockpaul and they could use some of the extra money they would save, which is about like $500,000 they, they would add below the, um, their current number, where they could add a, an extra person, which is actually a 14 man, not a 15 man, because obviously you're, you're cutting him. So now you're yes. losing one spot, but you might add somebody that could actually play more minutes than he was currently. So that was yes. one of my scenarios. If they can't obviously trade him, if they could trade him or if he gets waived and maybe somebody claims him, then Miami doesn't actually lose out on any money. They actually gain back a lot of money. But, I think that's the yeah. option. I that's the option. Wave, this is the wave and stretch, Casey. Yeah, you put the you put the uh, his cap hit in the group chat, and it wasn't even a lot. Like I think it's worth it to come up off of so that you can get someone who's going to contribute to what it is you're trying to do this season. Here, um, I like the I like yeah. the wave and stretch of KZ. Go ahead. So this was the nuclear options white listed as. So the cap hit for, for waving and stretching KZ Paul, which he currently is making $1.78 million this season, is $594,207. That cap hit is stretched over three seasons. That's the max you can do when you do a wave and stretch. You basically take whatever last year and you add three seasons to it. So this is his last season. Um, so basically you're using this season and then, and then the next two. So is that um, $594,000 over the next three seasons, or is that 594, 594 per this season the and then the following season after that and then the following season after okay, that? Okay, so per the next three So you're talking about $600,000 they're going to have to take a cap hit over the next three years. It's it. counting pull, this season. Pull the lever, Crunk. Yeah, oh, yeah, right here. $594,000 and two hundred seven. Yeah, you're, you're talking enough to basically add another player um, that's a veteran minimum contract Prorated, you can sign anybody actually at this point. I, yes. When I put this tweet out, this was before the season started. Or, yeah, I think this was during the preseason. Right now, we've already played 20 games. I already told you there's 174 days in the calendar year. We've already gone through at least, I think we're already through a fourth of the season right now. So at this point, Miami could probably sign anybody. I have to have done the math, but I feel like 99% confident that it could be anybody at this point. Anybody that's a, a year service player of three or more, which at that point, it gets brought down to a three because when they get impacted as a tower cap hit, 
anybody that's a veteran minimum contract that's played more than three years in the league, they all get counted the same, which is three years. Yeah. Um, I'd move, I'd move off of him. I'd wave and stretch him. That gives you space to sign someone, like you said, as your 14th, which I feel like Miami's still trying to keep that 15th spot open come like buyout time or like whatever they want to do. Caleb, there's going to have to be a decision made about Caleb soon. Yes. Um, so the more dead weight that you can get rid of um, while opening up space to bring in someone serviceable, that's the, that's the button I press. And I also wanted to point this out too, because um, there is some precedent of Miami doing this. I'm not sure if we recall, uh, but when Miami made the Josh McRoberts trade, if you recall how they got rid of him, they, I think they traded a second round pick and they had to receive AJ Hammonds. I'm sure you guys never heard of him because he never really played a single minute of meaningful basketball for the Heat. But he basically was the cap that Miami had to take back in order to, to get rid of Josh McRoberts. And when they, um, when they brought him in, they actually did stretch his minimum contract back then. His minimum contract was less than what the minimum contract is now because obviously the NBA each season salary cap goes up. So his cap hit for a minimum contract back then was, uh, was $350,000 and $87 over three seasons that Miami um, had to take for that season. How much uh, are we still paying back Ryan? In- How much oh, are we Ryan still paying Anderson? Ryan Anderson? I'll tell you exactly right now. When does that money free up? That's this. The season's the last season. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, I know. We've <laughs> been paying him what for like four seasons, three at least. Three. It's three. So I mean, anytime you wave and stretch somebody, it's always going to be three. Okay. Unless you're unless you wave and stretch them like at the beginning of their contract, like when the Lakers wave and stretch Luol Deng. Technically, mm-hmm. they wave and stretch him. I think with. I want to say he had like two years left on his contract or three. And then you tack on an extra two years after that. Oh, that sucks. That does suck. No, I, yeah, I'm, I'm all for um, getting Chikezi out of here. Love him. Ryan, I hope, I hope. For the season, which is his last, um, is 5.2 million and change. That's a lot of money for it. <laughs> God, Considering was- they're, they're under the luxury tax, barely. And considering that they are also below the hard cap barely, that's money that they could have used to add. Yes. They could have used their entire biannual to fill another man, like another roster spot with that money. It sucks. It sucks that that had to happen. Theoretically, they probably didn't have to trade Precious. Had, had, he, had his number not been on the sheet, they would have had enough to give um, Kyle Lowry his, his number that he wanted. While still keeping Duncan, no, I'm fine. I like Precious too, but I, he's fine to have been gone too. Yeah, I think we got to trend the fat man. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't mind the Precious trade anymore. I mean, I at first that. I was like, oh, maybe. That, I mean, we'll see. He also showed some flashes in the preseason. Now he's kind of stuck. He he's like, he's like one of the worst finishers in the NBA right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's strange. No, I'm uh, trim the fat. We have like we have too many guys sitting. Like I said, UD's playing once, you know, every 20 games, every 15 games. Um, UD, Dirt, Dirt, Yurt, KZ, Vic, until he comes back. Like, it's, it's too much um, unproduction, non-production on the bench. Um, at a time where we need bodies that can produce because we have so many injuries to our main guys. They tweeted out the injury report or like the people who just aren't even traveling. It's damn near like an exact starting five. That's why I was saying like there's basically five guys that can't even play right now. So you're down to their final like nine or ten guys that are even in the rotation right now. If they're going to play crazy minutes these next two games on back to back. I think it's good development. It's it, These are going to be great minutes for Max, Gabe, Caleb. Um, Casey and Yurt have to get in there just by mere sake of needing people. Uh, KZ seemed like he was okay on defense, but his offense was still non-existent. Like, I don't know what they're going to do with him, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I, I showed you the only options is they can trade him or they can wave and stretch him. Hope a team claims him. I doubt it. Um, maybe if you're lucky, you can get a minimum contract for him. Like, You just do an even swap with another team or... I mean, if they're really lucky, they can get a second round pick from their team. That's like, that just doesn't like convey. 
just maybe they'll have to send out some money. Like they have, I think they have about five or six million they could trade out and just straight up cash. They could just use as an incentive, like um, cash considerations is what they call it. They could do that. Just sweeten up the offer so that some team just takes in this cap hit of 1.7. And that gives you some playing room to use. Um, I mean, I wish they could have gone after DeMarcus Cousins. He seemed like he played pretty good last night for Milwaukee. That would have been nice as an extra big man off the bench right now. I know he wanted to be in Miami. He loves Jimmy. They need something. Um, I don't know he's even out there. Like, the only guy I can think of is Aaron Baines, and he looked pretty bad from Toronto last season. I don't want a cumbersome um, big. I have to look at, like, the available pool of people. Yeah. Wayne Demon was pretty much it. Nah, I think there's there's got to be some. I have no idea. I, I mean, I want to look. Yeah. The easiest way to look is literally go on the free agent um, tab on 2K. That's like the easiest way to look. <laughs> All right. Is there any more questions on the chat before we go? If you guys have any questions, let me know. I think we're pretty much almost done. We're at 54 minutes. <clears throat> so if you guys have any questions, just feel free. If not, I'm going to plug a couple things at the end of the pod. Since we're going to get slaughtered by the Bucks, probably. Which time? Saturday or Wednesday? Yeah, probably both games. <laughs> definitely, definitely not a away game. I don't, I don't feel. I mean, that's a back to back on the road after you play Indiana. Chances are that Indiana game, if we, if we win that game, it's going to be another overtime game. <laughs> I highly doubt they'll play. John is sad tonight. I mean, they, have, they also played yesterday, too. Oh, that's also another thing we haven't mentioned is Brooke Lopez is out indefinitely he just had back surgery so that actually helps Miami um it's one less seven foot man that they have to you know play (laughs) it's still a very very long athletic team with Chris and and Giannis Drew it should be to Miami's disadvantage with how deep Brooke sits in that sag in that drop you'd think that like him coming out would mean that they'd have to go to another more upfront type of big man's offense or defense. But I like Brooke playing against us because I feel like he gave us space that we just weren't taking. But um, that sucks to hear, you know, when everyone, anyone is is um, having like season ending back surgery or whatever it is, you hope that they, you know, that they recover and heal. Um, someone just posted this comment. You know what? This is worth noting. And I actually had this wrong, which I'll admit. I can get stuff wrong too. Um, I think when I did posted that um, nuclear option scenario, I'll have to look at the date later. But um, he is right. You actually can't stretch anymore. So you can't use the stretch provision to stretch a contract anymore during the regular season. That's only something you can do before the season starts. Oh, when I tweeted my scenario, actually, that was when I was, they were doing a lot of other transactions like the PJ Tucker move. And I was trying to figure out ways for Miami to, uh, there was there was a part in the season that that free agency uh, madness where it was a possibility that they could go after Demar Derozan. Obviously, that was a pipe dream. But there were other people out there like that I wanted. Uh, we won't get to the list of names of guys I wanted on the Heat, but the way that my, I thought Miami could make some money or save some money um, under the luxury tax and, and the hard cap was using the stretch revision on KZ because obviously they were going to use it on Tyler unless they traded him. Um, Anyways, long story short, long story short, you can't use a stretch revision now that the season started. And I completely forgot that. So that nuclear option I had, don't even count, don't it's even count it. You're basically just stuck with Casey unless some team wants him. Because if you cut him now, you're just taking a 1.7 cap hit this season. You don't even get do to that. use that money. Do it? You might as well just keep him. I guess. If you can free unless they're going to play him and he's going to give them something. I just, well, how how much are they under the 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 tax? Like, how what much, really how, is one point seven right now to them to free up a roster spot for a live body? Well, if they if they lose one point seven, they don't get that back. It's not something that they gain on the under the salary cap. That one point seven is just a cap a dead cap hit number, just like the Ryan Anderson is. You're basically just adding one point seven to Ryan Anderson's five point two. So you're basically you're losing. Close to seven million on just dead cat money that they couldn't even use to to take up his spot. I mean, so you're better off just using him as a chip later on. You might be able to use his one point seven, combine oh. him with you might be able to combine him with Duncan's number after January fifteen and get somebody that's in the twenty million dollar range. Yeah, that's that's your best option. 
make some shots. Make some shots. <laughs> Don't we all? Um, yeah, Miami is currently four hundred thirty-six thousand under the salary cap or under the luxury tax, not the salary cap. That's mm-hmm. not a lot. That's why. That's why right now they're they're basically stuck either with a ten day contract in a little over a month, January fifth or February twenty fifth, um, yeah. is when they can add that fifteen man um, and use that little bit of four hundred thirty six thousand that they have to go out and sign somebody. So unless they make a move, which really the only two moves they can make right now is trading, and this is before December fifteen. The only two moves they can make at this moment is somehow trading KZ for somebody. Or, and this is not going to happen, but Tyler is the only other guy they can trade, and bam, but bam, they're not trading those two guys at all. Those are only right. three contracts that are, that are trade eligible at this moment. <sighs> we can end the show right there. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.